Welcome to the Cure for Stupidity podcast, an ongoing exploration of the stupidity in real life, relationships, parenting, and more. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of the uh, Cure for Stupidity podcast. Thanks for joining us. Another late night episode. Not as late night. No, this is not late night. This is just post bedtime for the kids. Post bedtime. Not late night. (laughs) (laughs) But it is a good productive time for us and we know there's no distractions, interruptions, doorbells ringing from Amazon packages or anything in between. (laughs) Or contractors walking into the house randomly. It's good. Yeah. It's a good time. (laughs) So, so this week we're going to talk about context and, and the principle is context is the underlying fabric by which we interact with the world or we encounter the world. And, and that's a really interesting principle because we spend so much time of our lives focusing on the content of things that we don't realize how much the context has to do with it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even, I mean, think of things like body language or, mm. or even what I was thinking. <laughs> that means I love you. Oh yeah. Clearly. <laughs> That's the story I'm telling myself. <laughs> um, but, but like thinking about, we talked about driving, driving is a big thing for me. I like driving and stories about driving, but like, you know, you're, you're driving down the road and you know, hey, which way should we go? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to take surface streets. You're like, why would we take surface streets? Recalculating. Recalculating, right? <laughs> it's like, well, like the, the context that I that I didn't share is that I got into a car accident on the freeway. I got rear-ended late, late at night. That's a true story. I'm not afraid to drive on on, uh, on uh, freeways. But, but I may choose to drive on surface streets because of that context, that meaning underneath it. And, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we just, we don't share meaning like we in general uh we just don't share meaning we, mm-hmm. we share the information we share the context we try to prove with data and dig our heels and in. dig our heels in. we don't yeah. really get into here's why i'm feeling this way i would never do such a thing ever right right recalculating i mean by <laughs> by like never do you mean like never never yeah i mean all right <laughs> Whatever it was a joke. It was, yeah, Come no, on. no, no, no. But it's it's it happens, and, and all of us. And I think uh, so. So in the relationship, I'm an introvert, and Jamie is an extrovert, and uh, I find that a lot of times I don't share a lot. Like I don't share the meaning. I don't share the. I don't share anything. And I feel <laughs> like I way over-explain myself, which now I'm starting to see as fight to be right because I will extrovert all of the logic and reasoning and thought process that I went to in gymnastics, you know, mental gymnastics that I went through to get to that decision. And you're like, all right, got it. And it's like, <laughs> oh, was I trying to justify and prove? And was I trying to oversell or whatever, yeah. you know, my way of doing something? Um, and then there's so many other times where I won't tell mm-hmm. you all the stuff that I've been through. And those are where, you know, we get into... Sticky situations, right? right? I, think, I think specifically in those situations where I get annoyed is when you, like you said, you oversell. Like you, you say, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. And the times where when you hold back, the thing that's missing is why you actually care. Hmm. And like why it matters in the first place. That's usually what I'm missing. And I think that's that difference between the content and the context. Hmm. And it's like... It's not that to the to the example with the putting together the desk and you know me deciding to put it, like let's have a conversation about it, but what I, what you were saying was I was up all night every night and here's the information here's the information and the context under it was Eric I've deeply thought about this and I feel that you don't trust me. Okay, all right. 
So tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yes. We have our new flooring going in. Yes. <laughs> and tonight we still need to make a decision on how decision. the tile is going to be laid. Yes. Give me your context and help me. Okay. This is great. Figure out because you're the design guy with your you know undergrad degree in web design. Yeah. And yeah. I'm the project manager. You are so definitely the project I manager. I totally feel like I'm just doing it the way that I think it should be should done. Yeah. And so. So let's, this is this is going to be a live, a live, a live uh, example of this. So uh, we're laying like long plank style tiles, and so wood looking wood looking plank yeah. style tiles. Yeah. So like six inches wide, but maybe twenty four inches long. And there are options of how you lay them. So you can lay them kind of all stacked like this. Which wait, wait, we've already agreed on which direction they're laid, yeah, right? Yes, yeah. First, long ways, not wide. Correct. Okay. Yes, we're all we're to all be going clear, from the front door. Long ways. No changes. No there. changes there. Cool. No, no we, I agree. We've agreed on that. Okay. So then, so so once you have the direction, then there's three different ways you can lay. You can lay it, you know, well, all side like by side. Hundred ways there, to lay. Right, right. Three that three that we're choosing was from. recommended to us. Three we're choosing from. So think about like uh, subway tiles. Right, so they're just all kind of stacked, all like bricks, uh, very clean and organized. We're not doing it that way because why would we do it that way? Okay, clean, organized. No, 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 we're not doing that. Sounds way. up my alley. So, so the, the remaining two we have to choose from are uh, half on half. So, you have one plank here, and then about halfway up it, you start the next plank, and then you kind of go like that, and the whole thing is kind of off, off center by one, offset by one. There's actually a couple more. So then there's offset by a third. So at the third mark, you start another one. Boom. And then over you start a third. And that'll always be the same all the way always across? Always be the same all the way across. Okay. So the way that our, our space is, is we have... So I'm giving information now. This is the information portion of it. Okay. Right? So so we can have all the information and then we'll get to context. So okay. we're in content now. So, so when you do it that way, right, you have this kind of stair step that goes across the fl- entire floor diagonal on when you do it in thirds or halves or both in both so halves is very you know much more jagged more long but uh thirds it's like this but then you see these diagonals exactly all the way across uh the last way to do it is to do it what's called random and so at random sometimes it's a third sometimes it's a half sometimes it's a fifth and so the lines it ends up feeling more like uh, a natural hardwood floor and so my preference is to go with the random style because when you walk in the front door, you we have, what is it, 16 feet across all the way through the, the formal dining room and then all the way through to the living room. So it could look like, because I think we went with a little bit lighter grout, but not super light, but a little lighter than the tile. Mm-hmm. So what it would look like is these, these zigzags going this way and that becomes a design feature where you see zigzags going diagonally across the floor but once you get furniture down are you even going to see it i think so because when you first walk in there's no furniture Hmm. so anyway the the con the context is in my mind i envision seeing the grout more than seeing the tile but i think we switched to a dark enough grout that it's really not going to be that visible because we went with truffle that's pretty dark we did. We did go pretty dark, but it's lighter than the tile. It is lighter. And so than it will the show tile. up. But it's still much darker than where we started. It is. It is. So my my idea is to go with the random so that the grout lines aren't there isn't a pattern to the grout lines and the tile shows up. Mm. That's my entire thought. I'm not super sold on it. I just think that's I would like that better. Mm. Um, but I want to know 
what you think and why, why you care for one of the I, options. I'm leaning towards half or thirds or fifths or any, any measurable, <laughs> any measurable quantity because random means it's out of my control. Mm. It means that I trust the contractor to do whatever they want. Yeah. And then if they make a mistake, it's like, oh, you said random. Like, <laughs> that's random. random. <laughs> that tile fit there. It was good for me. <laughs> and like, I can see how we'll probably have less waste of tiles, like, you know, less cutting, uh, less work, but also there's less control for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that scares me. Yeah. Like, that makes me nervous that they're going to lay it and I'm going to go, I hate it. Yeah. Like, I have no measurable, quantifiable quality control over the tile. Pre- predictable. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, even even with quality control, you don't have that. You just can predict what it's going to look like because we stated Because it's a measurable, or... you know, expected pattern. Mm-hmm. But with the random pattern, it's like... Yeah. We went through this with pavers, too, though, at mm-hmm. our last house, where... Pavers, like you loved the random, and we did the random, and it worked out totally and, and fine. It looked amazing, but it's outside, and like I have much less control over that. And like random in my patio versus random in my dining room is a little bit different. Yeah. So I like something measurable. So, how do I communicate random? And then they start, and I'm like, not that random. Like how 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 does so, that work? So so here's here's maybe something that you're not considering is that when you have the planks, it's not like they're cutting every plank it's just when this row starts with this row it's just starting at a different yeah height and then you have full planks all the way across the floor mm-hmm. all the way down the floor until you get to the end again and the next row you start at a, just a different height and so it's not like you're going to have short pieces and long pieces it's always going to be long pieces next to long pieces it's just where the grout lines line up so, so it's, it's like your main reason for your context your main determining emotion behind mm-hmm. your choice is that you don't want it to be too predictable. Uh, no, it's not even about predictability. It's, I don't, I don't want there to be a pattern in the grout because I think that the, the, in those situations, the grout becomes a feature hmm. and, and that's it. It's, it's just the aesthetic. So I don't, I don't, I don't even thought about cost. I haven't thought about time. I haven't thought about number of, co- I haven't thought of any of that. I just, I can envision like, a brick wall where you can just see the very clear grout outlines. And it's like, I would like it to look more like wood, even though it's not wood, right? To just be, that's that's it. And it's, it's not even that strong of a feeling. It's just that is all that's there. So then if you had to pick between thirds and fists, thirds. which would you choose? 100% thirds. All right. And if you had to pick between thirds and randoms, like what's your percentage split? Ooh, good question. So um, I, this is real decision-making happening in the Bailey household. <laughs> this is how it happens. Uh, so... Uh, I would probably, hmm, I would probably lean towards random 70-30. Ooh, that's more than I thought. Maybe 60-40. Wow, that's yeah. more than I thought. And and maybe there might be a secret third option where it's like thirds, but just not, right? So there may be a way to do it that way where it's thirds differently. And when you look, when I when I Google <laughs> like floor patterns, I only, it only shows it in smaller sequences. So I'm mm. not seeing those grout lines that you're talking about. Yeah, that makes sense. And I really don't care if the grout lines are seen as a feature or not. So that's not remotely that, something that I think things. of. No. 
Yeah. So I think the, the cool thing about this is kind of understanding this, and that's, this process comes from uh, the book Crucial Conversations, which is, you know, somewhere over here in the red section. In the reds, it's right mm-hmm. there. There it is. Good chow. Good chow. Um, and um, it it goes through this idea of when a group comes together or a pair comes together and they have all of their meaning, not just the information, but the meaning behind it in the pool of, they call it the pool of information, then now we can make a better decision together and we're less likely to feel disappointed with the decision because we actually got to share all that's in there. Mm-hmm. And so like, yes, I would still like that. But I think that if we, you know, once we look at the look at the images or whatever and and you say, oh, I get that. I think I'd still like the predictability because that makes sense to me. Like I know you, so I understand that makes <laughs> that makes total sense to me. Yeah. And so I think that knowing how it affects you, like I don't want to put you through like hell like during the entire laying process like oh i hope it's right and we're paying a lot of money for that right and and so i wouldn't want to put you through that so i think that wherever we end up well and i don't want to be like sitting there staring over the guy's shoulder mm-hmm. like every step of the way because once it's down it's down right. it's done right um i mean we could rip it up again start over so. yeah that's not <laughs> happening and like i i appreciate that you're you're telling me that you know the grout is something that you considered so deeply because mm-hmm. I don't really care well, about think, the grout. About, like, I totally care about the tile. Think about the backsplash in the kitchen. Yeah. Remember that was a big, like the grout is going to be a feature. Like I don't want it too dark. It's going to be a feature. And it went up there mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I noticed the grout. Yeah. It's very, Way very more than I did. Yeah. That's true. All right. Yeah. I can see that. So let's, let's put a pin in it. Okay. After we're done recording the podcast, we'll look at some images and just see what that could look like. All right. <laughs> I was hoping we'd come to an actual decision just because, well, I, you know, I don't, I'm a get it done kind of girl. Yeah, I know you are. So we'll just go with uh, Third. random. <laughs> I love oh it. my gosh. All right. So, so, so this idea of, of context is, is a big deal. It's yeah. a big deal because we don't spend enough time talking about context. And um, there was a decision we've been trying to make for a while here um, with, with our winter vacation plans Mm. you know we've we've blocked off what three and a half four weeks from our work calendar like we're the kids are going to be off we're going to be off and last year we went as a family to uh eastern oregon and we rented a cabin with a bunch of families came together 20 some family members it was wonderful and we we skied and we did ski lessons and it was wonderful and so okay what are we going to do this year and well, and I think the the premise was like that was going to be a new tradition for mm-hmm. the family. Yeah. Um, and we don't necessarily feel comfortable with that. Yeah, now. we've been we've been kind of in the planning phases for a couple of months now. Like, yeah. what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? And we're like every time we start the conversation, it never really gets to a completion phase. It out. And and this past this past week, uh, we really kind of got into it and said, you know what? what are we what is the context what are we what are we kind of bristling against here and it was like it's not quite safe to get a bunch of people together yet especially a bunch of people from around the country yeah and and because there's different pop-ups here and there and, and we, we've been we've worked so hard on kind of keeping our bubble maintaining the bubble and um because we don't know what the long-term effects of covid are like mm-hmm. we we know we've read stories that people are having a long-term heart issues and vascular issues and you know so we're, we're, we're keeping our bubble and we realize that the reason that we've never been able to the context is 
it's not quite it doesn't, yeah it doesn't, it doesn't fit yet in, mm-hmm. in in our in our in our world and so well like even just like the logistics of a one day drive location <laughs> versus a two day drive location like that right. throws a whole other set of wrench in the plans and like for the family members that are working and that you know they're they're much more exposed you're um, working outside of the house yeah. as opposed to we're, we're able to do everything from from home um, and then you know going to school versus you know doing homeschool online yeah. um, there's just so many varying degrees that when you try to bring it all together how do you you know comfort everybody's or not comfort um, whatever Recognize. like no like uh, like accommodate yeah comfort <laughs> <laughs> No, not comfort, but comfort. comfort. Really? Okay. A coddle. I don't know. Whatever. How do you care for each individual person's comfort level? That's why the word comfort kept coming out. Um, but anyways, like how do we how do we make sure that we're nurturing what each person desires and yeah. needs, and we're not forcing people into you know or out of their comfort zone? Yeah, do it zone. this way, do it that way. Yeah, just because you know our desire to carry on this brand new tradition that we just started and our desire to be together after so long and our desire to you know let the the kids go have these memories together mm-hmm. um and I think that there's some you know some fear over like when can we do it again yeah. like how long is it going to be and so it seems like it's been forever already. Yeah, yeah, so like trying to navigate through all of that and the thing that no, like the uncomfortable thing that no one wants to say is the context of like, yeah. oh, that's a little bit outside of my comfort zone. Oh, that's a little bit of stretch for me here. Oh, that's a little bit of stretch. And like, nobody really wants to vocalize that because it is a little bit uncomfortable to say like, yeah. well, your family does this and mine doesn't. Or you, you know, we're going to have to drive for two days and everyone else is going to be a couple of hours. You know, yeah. like there's so many added layers of context that until you get them out on the table, we were just going him and hawing for mm-hmm. what like a month. I or, mean, yeah, back and too. forth over over what to do. Yeah, and then as as like as soon as we got it on the table, everyone's like, ah, yeah, it doesn't yeah, make that, sense. It doesn't make sense. And so we'll put in a pin in it so that when we do it again, everyone can be there. Like that's the whole like the whole idea is like mm-hmm. if we just if we just let it go right now and you know kind of sacrifice this one, then it increases the likelihood that everyone can come to the next one. Yeah. And once we, once we got that context out on the table, it's like, oh, okay, it's a bummer. But everyone everyone's like, oh, I feel good with that because now we're all considering the same con- – we're discussing the same context. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting just how much context plays into decision-making, uh, how much it plays into conversations. And, like, you know, we talked about nonverbals. We talked, like, all of these things, and there's – there's so much of communication is is in the context and even like context that has nothing to do with you can affect you mm-hmm. right so if i have a like a really bad you know, facilitation or zoom call or, or meeting or something and i and i go out and like that's still on me right that context is still around me mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like i'm i'm like projecting i'm, projecting. I'm mm-hmm. shorter at you i'm more frustrated this thing bothers me the kids bother me right and that has nothing to do with uh, your body language yeah right and yeah. it's like that's just context that i'm carrying with me and it's like oh once i oh okay i'm sorry i'm exhausted from you know mm-hmm. eight hours of zoom meetings today and yeah i just i inch oh Thank you for telling me, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. 
And I think that goes into even some of the customer service experiences that we get. Mm-hmm. Um, we we went to In-N-Out tonight. We drove through. And when we first got to the drive through <laughs> the the girl was oh obviously frazzled or, you know, she was not her normal In-N-Out like, hi, what can I get for you? Um yeah, like she, you know, rolled her eyes a little, a little exasperated, a little exhausted. Mm-hmm. And you were like, is everything okay? okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, yeah, like the car before you, they work here. And like you could tell like they'd had some sort of an interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she totally got like out of it once she yeah. got it off her chest and like was like, all right, what can I get for you? And then she was super friendly and kind. Yeah. And I feel like that with um, it happened to us at Lowe's once where, you know, they had just come from a really stressful situation and then they're trying to come to you and be like, hi, what can I do for you? Yeah. And it's like, they're, they're mentally, it, yeah. yeah, mentally, they're not remotely there. Um, so even in like your customer service stuff, it's like once you get that context, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's one of the things, you know, the story I'm telling myself, yeah. and even, you know, something that we can try to do for each other is I've been practicing is like the benefit story the I'm telling myself, yeah, give you the benefit of the doubt is that you had a horrible day, you're exhausted, you know, you're tired, whatever your whatever hundred different stressful things that you're juggling in your mind so when you come out and i'm talking to you and i'm getting like the uh-huh yep uh-huh yep it's like okay but he's like, somewhere else it's yeah. not there you know yeah. and sometimes it's almost harder for me to dive into it and be like can you please give me context and you're like not really like i don't, don't want to like i'm yet. trying to get away from that i don't want to get back into it yeah. because then you've got to recount all the things that are putting you in that mental space so yeah like, I feel like, yes, context is so good. And also, I feel like, just like, give some people some grace. Right. And that's, give give a little bit of extra space and some extra grace, that's, right? That's entirely the point, you know, because so many times, like, what what is the story you could tell? Like, mm-hmm. so I come out and you're trying to tell me something really exciting and I'm just like... <laughs> Right, because I'm so and it's like you don't care about this, yeah. you don't care about that. You're totally, you know, right. And so, and so, the context in your mind, the story, you're, the story is a context, right? Mm-hmm. And so, the story you're telling is like you're being a jerk to me right now, or like that that woman at the in and out at the drive thru with the little clipboard, ticket, 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 right? Like, oh, she's she's mean, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, she's not good at customer service. Like those, that's absent the context, we make up our own stories. We do. We fill in those gaps. Fill in the gaps, and it's like we have an opportunity to. Give them, yeah, exactly. So give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, give them a story that doesn't make them a villain, mm, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's so easy for us to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, he did that because he's a, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if we did that differently, it, it fundamentally changes things. I would never make you a villain, ever. You're my I, superhero. You're I, my Superman. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> that that is never the case. That I'm not a jerk. That I'm not a... Ever. Yeah, goodness gracious. No, but... Oh. Man, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 you do it a lot. I say it, and then in the moment, like all the emotions, hit, and it's like, "Hello, check in. Come on, come back." Like yeah. you came out of the office. Like I want your attention now. Uh-huh. So I, I hear it. I said it. I'm the one who brought it up. I will work on it a little bit here and there when I can. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I mean the this the whole idea of of context and meaning is is something that I wish we spent more time on, mm-hmm. right? Because there's just there's just so much to it. Yeah. Like we you know we talk about this idea of nature and nurture and we talk mm. about like all these different ways in which the world is different based on the context. Mm-hmm. And so 
Um, there's, there's this thing. So I read this article, I don't know, four or five years ago, and it talks about how wealthy families discuss things and things they discuss versus middle class or lower class or everybody else discusses things. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a, the, the big issue is that the big thing that's different is the way they talk about money. And so wealthy families, they talk about money with their children and money is a tool to achieve something. And to, to most of us, the way we grew up, money's a burden or and taboo. something yeah, something you don't talk about yeah. because money's always tight. It was always short and mm-hmm. you don't want to put someone in the position where they have to acknowledge that their money is short. And so you just don't talk about money. And and it's it's really interesting because in this article, they talked about how wealthy families because they talk about money, they end up learning a lot more about money and their children learn a lot more about money and how money works as a tool. And then they're able to make more money. And, and, and that's, that's this idea. So the context around them is that money is something, it's, it's a thing you talk about. It's like, what kind of hammer do you have? Yeah. It's, it's exactly that. And for, for most of us, the context around money is don't talk about it. It's off limits. It's rude. Well, and I think that there's a lot of shame in, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like everybody has financial goals and maybe, you know, you're hitting most of them, but maybe you're not. And mm-hmm. maybe there's areas where in your budgeting, you think you're going to do this and you end up doing happen. that or, mm-hmm. you know, repairs and car repairs and everything else that comes up along the way, the the wrenches that get thrown at you. And it's it's difficult to acknowledge mistakes that we've made in life, but especially with money. Um, and you know, the times where we wanted to take the vacation or you wanted to mm-hmm. do something and the, it wasn't a wrench. It was like a, or you weren't dodging the wrench. You were throwing the <laughs> wrench. You were like, I don't even care right now. Like we're going on this vacation. We deserve it. We earn it. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many varying degrees, but I just feel like it's one of the big things that we've been trying to get out of our comfort zone and like yeah. break that cycle mm-hmm. for the sake of our kids. Like right. totally not like, yes, for us, like we want to learn more about it. We want to prepare for retirement, um, whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. you know, we want to do estate planning, you know, we want to do all of these things that we, we know nothing about right. essentially. I mean, like we're learning as we go, as we go. um, and hopefully get to a spot where when our kids are, you know, we, we already talk with them about money as much as we can and, you know, help them understand certain decisions that we make and, mm-hmm. you know, where where we stand on, you know, how we'd like to manage our money and how we'd like to prioritize things financially. But I think that just getting to that space where it's acceptable. Um, and here's here's a fun little story. Um, so we, we just moved, you know, a couple months ago. And uh, we were able to meet our new neighbors next door, super awesome couple. And, um, you know, she came over and introduced herself. And then we got like on a little group text thing going. And one of the first conversations we had was about pay equity between, you know, genders. Gender equity, yeah. The gender equity gap. And it was like, Wow, like <laughs> this went from zero to 60, whereas there are friends I've had for a lifetime that I've never been able to, not like been able to, but like never have. Th- that's never come up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, shout out, it was- Shout out to Ryan, because we know he listens to the podcast, so. <laughs> but it was a huge accelerator, I felt like, you know, emotionally, and like we barely know each other other than like high over the wall and highs, <laughs> you know, from the front door to the sidewalk. Um, but it felt like such a deeper connection because- it went to the space where it was like, you know, wow, okay, this is something that we can talk about. Like, it's okay to acknowledge, like, that this is a tool. Like, and yeah. it's something that 
it exists. I mean, we can all talk about it. We can acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And I think that the more that we let those guards down, the barriers down, the shame, the, the taboo factor, um, no matter where you sit financially. I mean, it doesn't have to be that only the wealthy people do it. Right. You know, if we if we can have everybody get talking about it openly, yeah. we can lift each other up. We can help each other. Like, did you, you know, like coveting coupons. Dude, have you heard about this deal? Have you heard about this coupon? Have you heard about this sale? Or whatever else. Like, there's so mm -hmm. many ways to talk about money and keep it in the open as yeah. opposed to hiding it behind closed doors and not letting other people into like the, the knowledge, you know, mm -hmm. hoarding all the knowledge about it. Well, so here's something really interesting. And this is, this is, uh, an idea that I heard before. I don't remember heard it, where I heard it, but, um, there are organizations out there that have open pay, mm. which means that any employee can see the salary Woo! of any other employee. Wow. And guess, I've never heard of that. Guess what they don't have. Disparity. Gender gap. <laughs> gender gap. They don't have a gender pay gap. Do you know why? Because everyone can see everyone else's salary. Yeah. And it's like, all of a sudden you take that veil off and it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm noticing a pattern here. And all of a sudden it's out in the open that those patterns don't have a chance to exist because they love the, 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 the hiding and the silence. And, and you think about that. If, if we were open about, about money, we're open about mortgages, we're open about these sorts of things, people would be able to share and learn information so much faster. And we may see some of these kind of bigger issues starting to, to fade away, right? The discrepancy between the poor and the rich is unbelievable. And the discrepancy from the middle class to the rich is unbelievable. Right. I mean, it's It's, in, it's, it's incomprehensible. Yeah, it is. So I, I, there, uh, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, just those two men, two people, two humans on this planet, made more money during this this current recession um than the entire like then it was like the number was like then like 20 million americans mm. or more than that like they that they made they made a combined like 30 billion dollars it's like it's incomprehensible how much money that is it is incomprehensible yeah and it's like they could pay for an entire four years of college for two million americans oh my gosh like that right <laughs> it's crazy. crazy it's crazy crazy when you think about like the the actual numbers and mm -hmm. what, what that actually looks like um and i just think honestly like letting go of the the shame mm -hmm. and letting go of like feeling like keeping up with the joneses or you know whatever you if you let go of that and if we talked about it openly everybody would realize like we all have our areas and our places where mm -hmm. we're still trying to figure it out and we're trying to, you know, get to the spot that we want to be in. Maybe there would be some accountability in there. Like it might even be where, yeah. you know, like, Hey, you told me that you were saving up for this. How's that going? Mm -hmm. You know, and just being able to talk a little bit more openly about where you're at in your financial goals and mm -hmm. stuff like that as an accelerator in, you know, your, your own financial status in the financial status of, you know, the people that you get to talk about it with. And then also just in, in your own, you know, well-being, financial yeah. well-being and mental well-being, instead of confining yourself in this box and saying like, I should have this, I should do that. I should do this. I should do that. Like letting go of all of that and just being like, okay, mm -hmm. here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm working on. What are you working on? All right. What can I learn? What can I use? Um, and just, you know, figuring it out as a community yeah. coming together. Yeah. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. You know, what, what you said a few times, um, is, is what would it look like if there was no shame around it? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I, I mean, we talked about Brene Brown last week and it's like, 
that's that's her whole big deal is is how much shame we carry and how we behave given that shame and it's like if we if we had one less thing to be ashamed of mm-hmm. or to have shame around like we would just be freer like her whole thing is live live wholeheartedly mm-hmm. and if we didn't have shame around money or didn't have shame around what car we drove or you know the the time that i ran out of gas in a prius <laughs> <laughs> or those times, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. if we didn't have shame, like all of a sudden we could just be more full. And I, I think that that's just one of the ideas that would just change things. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so we write in the book, like if you change your context, you can ch- you change your outcomes. Yeah. Because if the context around something is not the same, then the thing is not, the experience of the thing is not the same. Yeah. And you know, uh, I don't I don't know if you experienced this, you know, in your travels, but. When, when I went to Mexico, uh, I did my homestay in Mexico, um, I had taken one semester of beginner Spanish. Yeah. And I was told like going to the program uh, that you know the host family, they're gonna speak English, don't worry about it. And I was like, okay, so donde esta el baño? Like that was my- Baseline that was sentence. My, that was my baseline sentence. And lo siento and you know, uh, <laughs> mas despacio por favor, which is slower, please. Like say it slower <laughs> again, right? And so, um, and so I went there thinking, don't worry, I'm just going on a vacation to Mexico and the host family's gonna speak Spanish or speak English. And guess what? There were 18 kids on this trip and 17 host families spoke English. Yours didn't. Mine didn't. <laughs> and so, and so, like, nice. we, me and the host mother, like, we were just sitting there, like, staring at each other the first day that we were there. And, Grunts and points. Yeah, and, and she was so sweet because she knew I was coming from, from America. She made me a hamburger, and it was, ah! it was the sweetest thing. And she said, hamburguesa. And, like, I got that. Like, I know what that means. And and so we, we just kind of sat, and we kind of worked it out. And, and all of a sudden my context changed and in that one month i learned more spanish and i retained it deeper than in all of my years of taking spanish in school because my context was different and my outcomes were different i after two weeks i actually started dreaming in spanish oh that's my, crazy it was really weird like you don't think about no. what language you dream in right your context is english yeah and so all of a sudden my like my context changed and everything my experience of everything changed. Hmm. And and I think that when we think about how that could impact our parenting, impact our relationship, impact our you know, our politics, right? Is if we change the context from they're the enemy, if they change the context from our kids are a disaster, right? They're always fighting each other, right? If we change that context and it's like, perfect example. There are a lot of folks right now that are feeling trapped by um, staying at home or things being closed or working from home or whatever. They're feeling trapped. Um, going back to school, right? I'm, I feel trapped. My kids feel trapped. It's a burden. And that's the context. Mm-hmm. And the experience comes out of that context. And if we found a way to change that context, uh, the, the, the environment physically wouldn't change, which is mm-hmm. how we think about the stories we're telling. And it's like, all right, we are in a once in a lifetime moment in time where we get to learn how to use our computers differently, mm-hmm. where we get to play more board games together, where we get to teach our kids how to cook, where we get to work on our relationship on a podcast, right? <laughs> so like like all these 
if if we gave a different context around it, I wonder how many people would feel differently through because COVID's not like the pandemic is not going to go like like by definition like. A certain number of countries need to have like zero cases for that to say, okay, the pandemic is over. And like back in June, I think the CDC said, or someone from CDC or who or something said that it's likely we like the pandemic, the official pandemic is going to last halfway through 2021. Like they said that back in June. Wow. And it's like, we're just waiting for it to go away and like, oh. It'll go back to normal soon. And like we've been saying that, right? So our context is it's going to go away soon. It's going to go away. And guess what? It hasn't gone away, yeah. right? And so yeah. we keep bumping up against this context that keeps letting us down and we're getting more and more disappointed. And like, what would it look like if we changed that context? Yeah. And I think, not to take away from all the amazing things you just said, <laughs> but I do want to acknowledge that we we have a an extreme place of privilege. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Yes, we have an ability to change our context and maybe not everybody has that. Right. And I do think that that's really, really an important piece of context as well. Yes. To to make sure that we acknowledge in there. Yes. Um, that we are able to go online and work remotely at home and all of those mm-hmm. things. And not everybody has that ability. Fair. Um, so I just, I want to make sure to acknowledge that. Yeah. However, that being said, there is still... A number of layers within each person's life where they can try to frame that context and right. i hear that i hear the deeper message of what you are saying yeah completely yeah you know I'll, as you're saying that like i immediately that's i immediately thought of life is beautiful mm. right so so if you haven't seen life is beautiful grab a box of tissues and watch that movie like <laughs> it, is, it is a wonderful movie um but it goes through um a father and a son in a concentration camp and the son has this wonderful experience of playing with his dad. His dad is going through hell. Like, yeah, yeah. like the mom is gone and they're, they're going through this experience. And the dad created this context for the little boy. And, uh, you know, maybe it's the optimist in me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know that I'm optimistic. I just, I, I, I see in myself the i feel the weight of the time mm-hmm. right so i feel the weight of really like when our kids say "Ooh, we get to get out of the car <laughs> right yeah. like when we went to get flu shots right like oh wait we get to get out yeah like oh my god our kids haven't been out of the car like they barely go in the car but when they do like they never go out of the car yeah and i i feel the weight of that and and then there's just every once in a while, like it's just a spark of beauty. Yeah. And it's like, we're playing a game here. We played Ticket to Ride. We play Ticket to Ride a lot. We played we play the board game Ticket to Ride, which is an amazing game if you haven't had a chance to play it yet. But uh, last week, two weeks ago, um, Jasmine won. Yeah. Beat everybody. Beat everybody. Really? And the whole time she seemed completely <laughs> checked out and over the game and like, la da 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 da. And then she killed us. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, a little bit of luck, a lot of strategy, a lot of kind of gaming, and she just destroyed everybody. Yeah. And she's our youngest, seven. Yeah, our youngest <laughs> little girl, seven years old, killed it. Killed us. And it was it was one of like that was a moment for me. It was like, wow. Like 
that wouldn't have happened if not for this period of time mm -hmm. of us playing so many board games and her learning. We actually posted a video on Facebook the first time we played. Yeah, the, of them crying. She was crying. She was crying. My route got blocked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's like because of that experience, like she grew. Yeah. And that was just that was just like a just a beautiful reminder that we're spending a lot of time together. That's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like there's a lot we can talk about with context. Uh, I'm sure. Guaranteed. <laughs> there, there definitely is. One one piece of context that you briefly touched on is voting. Yes. And that is a, a an amazing way to, you know, think of the context that drives you to vote. Think of the the context that you need um, and share it if you if you feel so inclined about what you're passionate about, what you think, think affects you. Um, if you are an early ballot person, mail in your ballots. Mail them in. Drop them in the mail. Get them out, get them going. Uh, deadline is coming up really quickly here in Arizona. Um, I don't know about other states, but um, vote, vote, vote. Please make sure that you make your voices heard. Um, and you know, the, the election is coming up quick. So if you, if you don't do the early ballot thing, have a plan, look at your polling site, look at the hours, you know, your work schedules and all of that and uh, make a plan, make a plan to make sure that you get out and you get your vote and make your voice heard. Um, that's that's a really powerful thing that we can all do right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. All right. With that, I think uh, we'll we'll tap more next week, probably on a, yes. of the same topic. Since a lot of context. We ran long and we still got plenty <laughs> more to go. So, all right. Have a great week, everybody, and go vote. Go vote. <laughs>